Hola, hola, chulas. Hi there. We are experts in intuitive eating for on-again, off-again chronic dieters, and we are here to help you take the guilt and stress out of eating so you can become the first in your family to break the diet cycle, just like we are in our families. We want you to be who you are without food guilt. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, No More Guilt for Melissa and Your Latina Nutritionist for Delina. Are you ready? Let's break the diet cycle. Hola, chula. It's me, Dalida. Before we start, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Your Latina Nutrition. What you are about to listen to is not a professional coaching or counseling session. Each episode is a one-time conversation meant for educational purposes. We are dietitians, but we're not your dietitian. Remember that podcasts don't constitute treatment. If you have concerns about your dieting behaviors, seek out guidance from a medical or mental health professional. And if you're looking for a community, tools to ditch the diet, help with finding authentic health and keeping your culture alive, join my membership brought to you by today's sponsor, me. Hey, hey, Melissa, we are here and we are like almost at the end of our intuitive eating series. Like we are pretty much almost done. Like if we are almost done, we've gone through quite a bit. I'm hoping folks that have been following on along each week have got some ideas going about how they can improve their intuitive eating. What principle we got going today? Oh, so today we're going to be talking about movement, joyful Mm -hmm. movement, fun movement, hard movement, all kinds of movements, right? I think that oftentimes when I talk to the chulas about joyful exercise or joyful movement, there's this idea of like, it has to be fun. (laughs) The word joyful is in there. And it's like, well, it could be fun if that's what you're into, but if you're like really into tossing tires and like getting down to the nitty gritty and sweating, that's joyful for you, then like, you should also do that. So I think we talked kind of like about this when we did the episode with Lauren and we talked, like we touched upon that, but I think today I really want to discuss kind of like one, how our relationship with movement has changed. I know for sure that I didn't have any relationship with movement prior to the pandemic <laughs> you were abstinent and um if you listen to our episode with the physical therapist danny mm-hmm. um you will hear me talk about my knees cracking a lot because i was not someone who exercised very much prior to the pandemic and i did get a peloton before like right before the pandemic hit like that that November right before. And that's when my relationship with movement started because I had never found anything that I truly enjoyed. Right. I would go to the gym. I never really liked group fitness classes. I wasn't into the boot camps and, you know, throwing tires. And my movement was always just like walking, right? Like my movement was like being in the city and going office to office and just like moving a lot, but never like actual recreational exercise, like never actually class. So Peloton changed that for me because you know how much I love Cody. (laughs) And by the way, not, this is not sponsored. She just just loves Cody. We love you. Call us. (laughs) And I will be voting for you on Dancing with the Stars. I saw that. Oh my gosh. She's just exploding. (laughs) But 
up until I found that I really didn't have a relationship with movement and exercise to me was just not like whatever. I didn't care for it. And now I see how much better I feel and just how enjoyable it is to be because I actually yeah. found something that is enjoyable. And that can, a, that can take time. Yeah, and that takes time yeah, as opposed to forcing myself, which I never did, but people do going to the gym or doing boot camps, which y'all know I'm not about that. If you watch. Yeah. I think that's come um, up a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just got to put it out there. Like it is not for Delina. All right. But anyway, what about you, Melissa? How's your relationship with movement changed? So throughout I, your life? Oh, it's like, it's, it's evolved. Like when I was a kid, we were definitely like quote indoor cat children. My mother was like very concerned that we would get dirty and we were just like, weren't outside <laughs> all the time. She was very like, my little girls, my girl, like it was, you know, so I never, I did like dance classes and I liked that, but I never really had a spontaneous relationship to it sometimes with play. Then I did like field hockey through high school. I really enjoyed the sport. I was on a track team, which me and my friends did not take seriously and would actually run to our local Dunkin' Donuts, hide during the runs and like eat donuts. And then we would run back to to pretend like we finished the workout. So I did not take it seriously and even had this identity around like, ugh, gross, sweat, yuck. This changed a little bit whenever I graduated college where I was like, I think I would like to see if I can run a half marathon. Oh my gosh, this is a kind of personality and this was mine. I got really obsessed with running, like doing programs to get stronger. And there was a part of me that really liked it. I liked like the meditation of it. I liked challenging myself. Yeah. But over the years, I could see it start to become more of a burden where I was like, oh, uh, my hips and knees and feet hurt. Oh, why do I keep procrastinating? I don't want to do it. And then guilting myself. And so I have come such a long way around that now where I'm very much like, okay, what does this serve me? What do I need to do to feel mentally healthy, to not have creaky ass knees? But I have gone through like all the many different relationships to movement. And I resonate so much with clients who used to be like I was, where it's like the plan and the rigid and the structure where they, if they're not doing that, they feel like it's not good enough. And it's, it's nothing. I work a lot with clients on that because I know what that feels like. So I wonder if this has to do with like how our difference, how we're different in like our types of personalities, how I'm just like very like go with the flow, whatever. I don't care. And you're very like, you need to have perfectionist. (laughs) You need to write everything we're going to. Well, I mean, our listeners like the show notes. (laughs) Our listeners like the links, you know? (laughs) And I think is the brains behind this. I'm just here to yeah. And Delina is the fun and the heart. So without this collaboration, you would have a very robotic podcast. (laughs) But truly, like I think that's a really great point for all of us to think about. Like you might have a more type A relationship with movement and you don't even start because if it's not perfect or it's not like how it used to be in the quote, good old days, why bother? That's all or nothing thinking. We we talked about a few episodes back, or maybe you have this sort of relationship to it where like, eh, whatever, who cares? But you're maybe missing out on some of the mental health benefits of it or joy that can come from it. So it's worth the, the thinking about as we start this like where do you find yourself today and reflecting on to also like how is this going to serve you right Mm -hmm. like how is movement going to help you because I think 
if you're only going to focus on this like burn mentality, which is what a lot of the FISPO like IG personal trainer kind of like ickyness around movement. To me, like what I see is a lot of the time is you have to earn your food. You have to burn your food. You have to do X, Y, Z in order to reach this number of like burn or like splatter or splash or whatever frick people are using now. You know, you know, I was trying not to curse. Metrics. <laughs> Those metrics, right? Or, um, you know, just like in order for you to like allow yourself to be okay and happy or like the no rest days, like rest is important y'all like your body needs to recover so there's a lot of like super icky talk about that burn mentality that we can get like sucked into super duper duper quickly and I think that like what I want to discuss here is just how to detach ourselves from that burn mentality especially because it feels like anytime you go to a gym even the peloton is guilty of this there's all of these like metrics that have nothing to do with feeling and like the mental health aspect of it and more of like this quantitative like you have to hit these numbers right you can lose yourself around that, particularly yeah. if you're the kind of personality where these numbers introduce perfectionism or shame or guilt. Absolutely something to think about. One of the things that I started to label and notice is that a much, much of the exercise were prescribed or promoted is performance training. And what I mean by that is like, where am I at now? And what do I got to do to exceed or push my physical ability? And if you always approach movement like that, it's kind of like that capitalism, productive, make more, do more mindset that's driving it. If that's the only way you think about activity as a performance training, then you're never going to have the opportunity to value, oh, rest. Oh, taking a walk. Delina, I think that's wonderful. You had that and saw that yes. movement earlier in, in your, uh, when you were like working oh. in the city. And- well, cause you know, I'm type B. <laughs> we all need like, that. For me, when people were like, what do you do for a movement? I'm like, I walk around center city and heels. That's what I do. For movement. <laughs> I have, you know, car seats that I like chug around everywhere. Oh God, this is something that I was talking to Lauren about the other day. I was like, I have like no upper arm strength anymore because I'm no longer carrying car seats. Like I'm no longer carrying kids either. Like prior to having kids, I worked at this public health nonprofit where I was teaching kids nutrition. So I was carrying around boxes. I was lugging around like food parts and props, like all the educational stuff. Like I would come to these schools with like bins and like food and refrigerators, like those little cooler things. I would carry so much like three different book bags. And then before that I was a server. So I was like the OG, hey, hey, lifting trays and like walking. So like I was always very much active and I had upper body strength because I was carrying shit all day. Yeah. And I noticed that too. Like since starting, like we both own our practices. We work, work largely from home. I just started a co-working space, which gets me walking as part of my day more, but that's yeah. something that I do miss a little bit with mm-hmm. the commute was that I 
had that built-in movement that I think I took for granted. It's really hard when you're going from like bed to desk to then learn the skill of like, how do I carve out the time now? Because it used to just like happen. I think that's a really hard transition. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that we often fall into, if I'm not at the gym, then I'm not moving. Mm -hmm. If I'm not taking a workout class, I'm not moving. And I think we need to kind of like zoom out and see everything that we're doing in the day that is moving our body, right? Because that's what's important really for our mental health and our physical health is that movement of our joints, movement of our body, that burn mentality is just going to cause more guilt and shame. And it's not going to make things enjoyable, right? So one thing is loving to, you know, flip tires. I constantly talk about this, right? It's like my favorite, like little analogy, but like, if you truly love to like go to these like workout spaces and it makes you feel freaking amazing to be able to like throw a tire or like, you know, do strength training, that's different than forcing yourself to do these things because you want to burn more. Yeah. Am I making sense? Yeah. I think too, like, getting okay with the fact that you might not love movement is an important thing. You know, functionally movement does so many things for our physical and mental health. You can have a relationship to movement the same way you have a relationship to brushing your teeth. Like sometimes it's kind of a pain in the ass. Like I'm watching TV. I want to jump straight to bed. I don't want to brush my teeth. You know, like, it's not like the most, Whoa, I'm having a blast. I do like brushing my teeth. (laughs) Okay, we this is where we differ again. Again, we have a break. How do we make this work? I just love you for you. That's what it is. We're just it's spirit, social, uh, soulmate kind of thing. But like sometimes it's it's not sexy or exciting to brush your teeth, but you do it because you like the way yeah. your teeth feel afterwards. You like when you go to the dentist and you don't have to have expensive, painful work. And so I don't know. Sometimes when clients are really, it's like body image. Like I don't think I'll ever love my body. Can I be neutral yeah. about it? I, if you are right now going, LOL, I have never loved movement and I don't think I can't. What if you became a little more neutral and practical around that? That's okay. And you know what? That's the kind of cynicism I had before where like, I was like, (laughs) I don't like the gym. I hate the gym. I don't need to work out. Like, I feel like I was definitely in that space for a very long time because I had jobs that were like labor. (laughs) Right. You were tired. Yeah. I was tired all the time from like working, lifting shit. So I think that, of course, as things have shifted, I did have to like find other ways. I had to, right? Because my knees were cracking. I was feeling sluggish, like movement to me became and my mental, you know, health was suffering because I was just like so sedentary and just like stressed from the pandemic that I think that that Peloton or just being able to go for that bike ride with my Latin music, that is the key here. Latin rides and the EDM rides. Those are my faves. Oh, we got that electronic music. Mm, No, like 2000. (laughs) 90s R&B. Wait, I wanted to tell you Bad Bunny Aventura collaboration, Volvi, the song that you pointed my way that I am obsessed with. I'm not kidding you. Everywhere I go in Boston, there are people blasting it out their windows and I'm like on the corner like, Yeah, it's so good. Dancing, dancing, dancing. We like for that. But I had to definitely stop being so cynic about about movement. And is that the right word? Cynic? Finicky. Finicky. Fudge. Yeah, I know my language is beginner must not here. Um I had to. Isn't there a word finicky? Yeah, you said I thought you said finick. 
No, I thought it said finicky. Whatever. Rewind, play it back. I had to stop being so finicky and really focus on like what I had to do differently to move my body more because I was definitely feeling it. Right. And so that bike definitely helped me. And it's never been about the burn mentality and more about not being so sedentary. So I think it's important to talk about sedentary lifestyles and, you know, how they might impact our physical health and mental health and why we want to focus on not going to the gym, but really moving our bodies in ways that feel good to us, right? That's where that joyful exercise, joyful movement phrase comes from. It's about moving our bodies in ways that feels good for us and that we can do movement that we can do, right? Not like forcing ourselves to run, uh, you know, a marathon. You have to train for that. You can't just like get up and do that, right? Like, I think that we need to remember that as well as we're hopefully getting out of this pandemic soon that you can expect to like run before you walk like Mm. you have been we've been living pretty well us at least (laughs) true have been living pretty sedentary lifestyles working from home and so now we can't expect our bodies to just like get up and do it all at once the sequencing yeah and setting those small goals is life-changing for people Mm -hmm. and look you may never run I want to make that so so clear like it's okay in fact a lot of the emerging research and the public health messaging is looking at two things one walking is actually the quote best exercise because of the longevity people have in in doing it it's easier on the joints there there are psychosocial benefits to walking you know, if you're in nature, if you're having a conversation with a friend, there's so many benefits. But the other thing that research is looking at is the sitting less. That is a separate independent risk factor. People who sit more are more likely to have health events. And so if that's where you have to start sitting less, start there. It's totally okay. That's going to help your health. Yes. Yes. And I think that again, this idea that you have to go to the gym for an hour or do a class. That's not what this is about. It's about moving your body, moving your joints, getting the blood flowing, getting fresh air, connecting to nature, you know, connecting to people. Yeah. <laughs> There's like so many benefits of movement. Connecting to your body mm-hmm. is a big one, right? Like, learning, you know, the movement that feels good for you and your body and, and how it makes you feel right. And also, you know, one of the biggest gripes I have with a lot of the fitness world is that there's not enough modifications, they expect everyone to do the same thing. It's okay for you to modify. It's okay. I can't touch my toes. I feel like we've talked about this a million times on here. Like I'm not flexible. (laughs) And that's okay. I am just a stiff person (laughs) and I don't have to be hard on myself about that. Right. Right. So having these small goals, being okay with like, if right now you're not ready to schedule that movement, what can you do to sit less? Ultimately it's about consistency. If someone has a sit less mindset Mm -hmm. and they're able to do that every day for the rest of their life, that's better yeah. than the person who does boot camp for a week and then yeah. says, oh my God, I'm so traumatized. No, not, nothing for yeah. three more years. There's an um, NPR article that I usually share in, in the Chulas Club. And when I talk about this in my modules, where there was a, a researcher who kind of like wanted to see 
if untouched people from like people that weren't touched by technology so like he went to very remote places where there's not a lot of phones tvs blah blah if they there was a difference in the amount of time that they sat versus like countries like uh, the united states or just like europe and things like that Um, and what he found is that they sit roughly the same amount of time as we do Mm. the difference in both is the quality of the sitting So we slouch a lot and that's a lot of where the sedentary lifestyle research comes from. It's like that slouching, the like spinal cord, not being like up all the time, the core not being engaged, like us kind of like, just like, kind of just like, what? People in these places actually squat to sit, their core is engaged, their spinal cord is straight all the time, or they sit with like, chairs that don't have backs to them so they don't have the ability to like slouch and the quality of sitting was more important interesting isn't that interesting interesting? and they also looked at sleep and again they sleep about the same time but the quality is better because there's no lights or phones like their rhythm it's all connected all connected so when we talk about this it's quality we constantly Mm. talk about this right your quality of life right quality of life is important and if your quality of life is you know about getting a good chair that's going to help you sit better it's going to help your posture it's going to make you feel comfortable while you're sitting and support your spinal cord if that's where you've got to start that's better and like what a dope joyful movement goal and that's the invitation of this is to say like when you come into this podcast you're probably like okay delina and melissa are going to motivate me to finally be a runner Uh, spoiler alert we ain't doing that instead maybe thinking about one small behavior like okay you know what my chair is awful is it time to invest or i sit for eight hours straight maybe i'll get up and have lunch at the table Something that just invites a little shakeup here, if done consistently, can totally change the trajectory of health. And when it feels good, you want to do it more, which is the best part. Yes. It's like, or like, you know, maybe I'm going to get up and like go to the printer instead of like waiting to pick up everything. Like there's so many different little things that we can do throughout the day to break that sedentary or I was going to say sedentary lifestyle, but I feel like that's not right. There's this sedentary time, sitting time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I send everyone I work with like desk stretches that you can do where you can just like leave it on your desktop and like take five minutes and just like stretch, right? Like if you do that Pomodoro style of working where you like work for 20 minutes and then take a five minute break. I can never get that going. Really? I've been trying it out. It's a... Um, it's an aspiration. Yeah. But like, even like, but it doesn't matter. Just like getting up and stretching your body for five minutes at your desk, at your cubicle, like these are desk stretches. So you're not actually standing up. So you can Google that. You can Google things that you can do again, to get the blood flowing, to get your, your, you know, spinal cord straight again. (laughs) Definitely. Thinking of it in a different way of like, how can you find movement that's going to benefit you? That's the goal. For sure. Good points. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think that to kind of like round this all up, the goal is to find exercise that's going to benefit you, movement that's going to benefit you. 
the goal is to let go of that burn mentality and focus more on the joy of movement Mm -hmm. and the type of movement that's going to serve you and your body right now. And really trying to focus on sitting less. Like that is the main point. Like we want you to sit less and we want you to live more. For sure. More intentionality, more mindfulness, which when you're not worried about food and body image all the time, that, and that's why these principles really do all work together. Mm -hmm. A lot of clients, when they go to make goals around this, they really can't get started because they're just so tired. So if this is one that you're like, Hmm, those other principles I should be focusing on first based on me and what I know of myself, Mm -hmm. you can put this one on the shelf for right now. Um, but if you're feeling ready, I love the takeaways D perfect. Yes. So do what you got to do for you. Mm -hmm. That is the main point. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you for being here with me, Melissa, and uh, listening to my shenanigans. I love it. I loved the takeaways from this. I learned a little something about that sitting thing. I hadn't known that before. So I I feel feel enriched by you. Put it it in in the show. Yeah, if you think of it, we'll put it in there. And I guess that's a wrap on today. And so we want to thank you for supporting us and our mission to break the diet cycle. If you know someone who would benefit from the pod, hey, share this episode. Maybe you want to talk about it with your friends, your fam, get everybody connected on this mission. Really excited to be here. Yes. Thank you for being here. Peace, love, and break the diet cycle.